Hour number two of the G.I. Jake Show right here on Fan Run Radio. Jake Miller, Brett Hollander, Marcus Young, intern Jack, one more hour. You know, when I was going through that rant about Alabama a few minutes ago, it made me think of something. Everybody knows and loves Jim Ross, right? Yeah. WWE commentator. Long-time WWE commentator. Pretty sure he does stuff for AEW now. He had a great line when Kane made his return in 2002 when he was dealing with the un-Americans who were trying to burn the American flag. I think I know what you're talking about. I think you do. Should I? I think you should. Take him for a ride, send him to hell. Anytime we talk about Alabama's transfer portal, we should just play that yes. randomly. That's that's going to be our new thing. Absolutely. Let's go back to the phones. Daniel is up next. What do you say, Daniel? Jake, it's day four of the uh, Snowmageddon, and Davis Chapel is still covered. Buddy, have you even been able to get out of your house? Jake, I've got out every single day. This This train don't stop. Golly, is, is, is Charlie's at least open or is the Chinese buffet open? Charlie's was open on Monday, Jake. Woo. Safe to report that it that 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 uh, that piece of train did not stop either. Man, I'll tell you what, I love some Charlie's every time you get it though, your car is smelling like onions. Uh, smells <laughs> for, like just smells like armpit for, for days. That's fine. Um, <laughs> Jake, you were going in on a you were going in on a straight rip job on Alabama and you know, I think that DeBoer is a great coach. I think what what's happening around Alabama is, is a lot, a lot, a lot to question. You know, hiring the defensive coordinator, you know, from AA or, you know, or, or, or a, a non-Power 5 conference is questionable. All these players going into the portal is questionable. And it's like it, you just wonder – what kind of team he's going to be able to put out there? Because you know that that works at Tennessee because we were in the wilderness for a while, but that's not going to work at Alabama. No, no, it's it's not it's not going to work at all. And you know, Daniel, part of the thing is I think they're not getting the Saban discount anymore. It's almost like the hometown discount in Major League Baseball. It's like okay, well, you've played here forever, and you know you're well established with this fan base, with this staff that we've got, and now. We we just need you to you know cut a little bit off the top. We'll take care of you on the back end. And Alabama's not able to do that. You don't have Nick Saban at the helm anymore. Oh, by the way, you don't have great offensive coordinators like Lane Kiffin, Steve Sarkeesian, and you don't have great defensive coordinators like Kirby Smart there to help you anymore. So guess what? Uh, if you're not going to guarantee someone a spot in the NFL draft, they're not going to stick around. Well, you said it right. For the longest time, we always thought that it was the Alabama discount, but we're going to find out this year if that rings true or if it was the Nick Saban discount because I don't think he's going to get the same role when it doesn't when it when it kind of starts to fall apart and it's going to. There's no way that and I had lunch with we had I had lunch with a couple of buddies yesterday and he made a good point. He said dynasties just typically don't continue right after right. after someone like a Saban or, you know, a Bear Bryant steps down or even, you know, um, we looked up in the Johnny Major situation where he wasn't a dynasty, but, you know, you can go back to General Nealon. A lot of times the dynasties don't continue, right? I mean, it's kind of like, you know, American politics. You know, you have a great president and all of a sudden a fraudulent election kicks him out and all of a sudden uh, we're paying $15 for a sack of pizza rolls. Um, 
I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I think it's currently happening. Yep. But I'm reading. I'm reading tea leaves <laughs> there, um, guys. A, a, another thing. I'm. I'm not so sure that we are all um, appreciating what's happening with the basketball balls. I. You know, if you, if you look back at the metrics about all the the, the leading scores that our university has ever had, it's almost decades down the line that we get one. Allen Houston. We had the. We had Ernie and Bernie show, and then you had Chris Lofton, and now we got Connect. It might be another decade or two before we get a guy like him again. So I am, I'm telling you, it's amazing to, to watch him. I mean, to go to go off on a twenty point tear in four minutes, it's <laughs> it's just it's nuts. It truly is absolutely amazing to watch. Like that's that is NBA two K numbers, is what that is. Like that's and all the, arrays, tipping yes. dunks. I mean, posting people up. I mean, backing dunk. people down. Yeah. Taking people I mean, off can, the dribble. I mean, it was how do you want it that the other night? And think about it, guys. He's only six foot six. It's not like he's six foot eight, six foot nine, two hundred and fifty pounds out there like LeBron James doing this. No, he's doing it at six foot six. You know, I don't like Jimmy Docs really, but he had a great call the other night, and he said, mm-hmm. he said that Dalton Connect could go out on an NBA floor today and score with those guys. Um, and I mean, he's and he's going to play good enough defense. The guy can go get some buckets on an NBA four right now. So I I, I wonder where where he's going to fall. Is he a lottery pick? I think he's a lottery pick. But could he go any could he go any any higher than that? Because we know in the NBA there's one thing that they value, and that's scoring the ball. And that guy can do that. He can flat out not not to mention he can flat out shoot. Like yeah, yeah we know he's a midi magician. We know he can drive to the rack and absolutely yam on somebody. That, that's He's got Durant thing. tweeting him out. Yeah, I mean, you got Kevin Durant tweeting about this guy. Yeah, I mean, think about it. Anytime he drives to the basket, it is yam time. <laughs> it is yam time every time he drives to the basket. He's so good with the left too. It's so easy. It's almost easier with him on the left going left-handed. Well, and it's so weird because like we saw. And now, granted, it's Tennessee Tech, but we saw him jump from damn near the foul line, split two defenders midair, and still get the ball to go down. I mean, think about that. He's able to make these decisions midair. It's almost like he's jumping in slow motion every time he takes off. Air Dalton. Jake, on the way out, I want I wanted to address this last week. I want to address Marcus, and I want to stand in support of him and his opposition of, of Will Levis and Tennessee Titans. Mm. Jake, knowing you know, knowing where we grew up, um, uh, there, there, there is. You have, you know, I, I'm, I, I've always kind of rooted for the Bengals. Uh, my family lived in Cincinnati for a little bit, and I've yeah. always kind of rooted for the Bengals. You know, they're underdog. I went to a game when Peyton was at the Broncos, and kind of fell in love with that franchise. I'm not a fan, but I, that's the team I follow. I think I had a long discussion with a friend that you can't in, in our area. A lot of times, we are privy to our we're uh, privy to our college team. It's hard to get buy into a professional team. Mm-hmm. I tried to with the Titans early on, but I think my problem with the whole Will Levis thing is, yeah, he was at Kentucky, but he sucked at Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And they had Hendon Hooker sitting there that could have galvanized. I truly think that they are missing out on like a, a big opportunity by – by marketing towards the East Tennessee region, who has always pulled for their professional team, and that's Tennessee, um, if you call it professional. But that's that's 
that's who we are. But like, I I just think they missed on a huge opportunity, and I I fully stand behind Marcus in that Will Levis not only sucks, but he is a Kentucky. Like we, well, he's he, arrogant. Like that's there. the problem with him is that he's arrogant. I I like yeah, the I like to hop in on a couple things. One, I was. I was really prepared for you to hop on and defend my take on cereal, but that's okay. I'll take. Sorry, I thought he was going to. to that's be honest. I, thought. I was ready for it. Uh, so here's here's what I I, I want to say about that. And I I he had one good year at Kentucky. I'll give him credit where credit's due. He did have a good year his uh, junior year, but besides from that, yeah, he he's he's just not a good player. I don't care what school he goes to. And here's the thing about Hinton Hooker. I love Hinton Hooker with all my heart, but. The Tennessee Titans needed didn't need to draft a quarterback in last year's draft, period. They have too many weaknesses in the wide receiver room before they brought up Hopkins in their secondary and their offensive line. And we're still seeing those issues. So what I wanted more than anything was O-lineman in the first round, wide receiver in the second round, and then kind of just some fill-in pieces wherever you want from the third down. And really what they needed to do was what was – potentially going to happen this year with the seventh overall pick or maybe better if you didn't have Will Levis there because you know we'll give credit where credit's due he did win a couple games there is that this was the draft to try to grab a quarterback not last year and and I would have said the same thing with Hendon Hooker I would have been happy with Hendon Hooker on the Titans however I wouldn't have wanted Hendon Hooker on the Titans just because we didn't need a quarterback we had uh, Tannehill for one more season, let him let his contract run out, and then grab the guy from the future in this next draft. And look, I mean, they've they've made their choice. They think he's the guy uh, over there. Amy Adams Trunk even said it in her, in her uh, statement when they fired Mike Vrabel that uh, we have a promising young quarterback. And promising is the key. He might look good at moments, but I've witnessed him in the college level. He had moments where he shined. And then there are a lot of moments where he was uh, a dud. So um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. They need if they think he's the guy. I'll say this: if you think he's the guy, then you better draft and sign free agents properly around him. Because if he isn't able to do that next year, you're going to have to start looking elsewhere. Like we start, we need to start having a short leash for these quarterbacks. Otherwise, you're going to be stuck with a Zach Wilson, or you're going to be stuck with. Uh, Mettenberger, maybe like that. Zach kind of, Mettenberger. Yeah, we'll go that far. Like that kind of era where you're going to be stuck with somebody that you really don't want to deal with. Well, and two, Marcus. You know, to Daniel's point of you know where he and I grew up. You know, in Lafollette, you're equal distance to about four teams. You're literally right in the middle of a diamond with Cincinnati, Charlotte, Atlanta, and Nashville. Now, Daniel, you'll remember this back in the early 2000s. There was a quarterback that wore number seven down in Atlanta that really got a lot of fans in our area to start watching the Falcons. That was Michael Vick. Believe it. Better believe it. It also helps that he was probably the best Madden quarterback of all time. I mean, he was a cheat code in Madden 04. Yeah. Yeah. Think think about that. I just just, kind of always thought that the Titans did not do it, that they have that one thing where they, like, I was a fan early on in the McNair days and the Eddie George days, and you know, like that, they were exciting. And then they just kind of veered off for they kind of went in the desert for a while. And and I just I just think there's a lot of untapped potential with with a major collegiate university 
three hours down the road, two and a half hours down the road, where you could really uh, tap into that fan base and tap in to that university and, you know, get, you know, some garner some huge support there because I think they're, I think they're missing out on, on, on that aspect because like you say, well, there's so much, there's so much to, to, to like to grab from in this area. It's, um, it's just weird. Like, I don't know. It's so weird to me. And Daniel, you're kind of the same way. It's, you know, the Titans, like we've been on this earth longer than the Titans have been in the state of Tennessee. Because before that, they were in Houston. I mean, it's kind of the same deal because, you know, those first few seasons when they played in Memphis, you know, granted, I'm not old enough to remember that, but it's kind of like how nobody here really gravitates towards the Memphis Grizzlies for NBA. It's like, you know, you got some people that cheer for the Hawks. I know John Reed, he's a big Atlanta fan, but, you know, you have guys that also just like pick a team. It's like you had a lot of people here in the 80s and, Mm -hmm. you know, they cheered for the Boston Celtics or they cheered for the Lakers. Then the 90s, Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, well, everybody cheered for the Chicago Bulls. Well, now mm-hmm. you have somebody like me, and I just love the idea of the Miami Heat. I love that city. I love I their alternate uniforms they come out with, with the exception this year. They, this year's were terrible with the Heat culture yeah. uniforms. But, I mean, the Vice City look and everything that they do around that organization with the exception of the LeBron years, you know, I kind of always geared towards the Miami Heat. Yeah. I, I was a big Magic fan growing up with Shaq. He's still my favorite player. Um, but the, the but the Heat as of late have been the team that I kind of gravitated towards. I, I, I love Spolstra, but I think that in this like because because that is our that is our team that we get, we galvanize around the University of Tennessee. But professional teams have always kind of fallen by the wayside, and I think that it would that that it's just and I don't even think in, in Nashville it's probably getting getting more. But you know. It's just it's it, you you're just kind of in that limbo where yeah we follow players or we have a team that we kind of follow but we're not diehards to anything but Tennessee and I think the Titans should you know it it would be wise to tap into that market and that's just my own opinion it, it could be wrong but it doesn't matter but I want to defend Marcus a little bit on the Will Levis take because he's just hot trash garbage and always will be I mean you put mayonnaise in your coffee I'm out you know and and plus he just played in Kentucky so that, that's that's even Living where we live, Jake, that's enemy of the state, numero uno. Y'all have a good day and go balls. Hey, appreciate the phone call, buddy. Let's keep things rolling. DR Vol is up next. What do you say, DR? The Titans can go to hell as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I used to be this is very random. Marcus, you may remember this player. Jake, I know how your memory is. I know you will remember this player. But Altron Burner, do you remember him? He oh, was a yeah. defensive back. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know why, Marcus, but it's like I I was a huge fan, kind of like I am a big Tennessee fan now. Like I kept up with free agent signings. I knew are too deep, everything. And I went through the rebuild, and for some reason, I thought Altron Verner was a decent player, and they got rid of him. I thought, you know what, I'm done. I watch him every now and then. We'll look at the score, but I'm not going to invest in him. I tried to get back in him last few years. And then they pulled this crap, Levis, and I'm I'm done. He's just not a likable person. Oh, I, I don't I don't care where he plays. Yeah, I haven't thought about Altron Verner forever. Well, what's funny is because like I like he did kind of what a lot of people did. I feel like in the NFL in general, which is uh, he hit a Pro Bowl in his final year with the Titans, goes off to the Bucks and doesn't get anything done uh, after that. Um, but I remember some of he had a couple uh, defensive touchdowns. I remember that still 
ring true to for me. Here's the big thing about the Titans that they have an issue with that's becoming larger and more clear is that Amy Adams Shrunk has done a really good job at being more involved with having the organization more involved with the community, getting old players back, like and being around the uh, the team and things like that. They're doing a great job with that. But the main problem that she has is she is oh, another little croy over there. Uh, she's very seesaw. She'll support one person being either the GM or the head coach. And not long after, she'll flip flop and say, okay, and now we're getting rid of that guy. And I'm going to support the guy that I brought in to help you. And you, you can't, it, it, it makes your organization a lot of more garbage than anything if you're not willing to give time between two people. If Mike Vrabel and Rand Carthon were doing well together, which they, Rand said that they were step and step together, then you let them go through for at least another season to see if that's true. If not, then what's going on? Because before you thought that John Robinson and Mike Vrabel weren't lock and step. Before that, you thought John Robinson and Mike Malarkey weren't in step, even though Malarkey won you a playoff game. Before that, you thought what, Webster was the other GM before him. Like It's just too back and forth right now, and I'm starting to think that her nephew, uh, Kenneth uh, Adams, it, he's supposed to be the next owner or the next heir or face of the franchise. Why can't they just sell the team? Just go give it to him. They're not going to, man. This is like oil money type of company thing. This is going to be a family business until they well, die. I mean, they were literally the oilers. Yeah, well, you know, Bud Adams and all. But, yeah, they're not going to get rid of it anytime soon. So I, it, Amy Adams is like a female Jerry Jones, then, it sounds like. But it's worse. But she's not. She <laughs> At has, least the Cowboys are making the playoffs. They haven't had the same success. Yeah, it's weird, man. Like, and I think she's done some good things. But like, if this next hire doesn't work out, especially because she refuses to do actual interviews, she gets softball questions thrown at her during the whole process. If this next hire doesn't work out. She might want to go ahead and say, "Hey, Kenneth, go ahead and take over." Like clearly, I'm not the one who needs to be taking charge of this because it's you got this next hire is so key. Well, uh, on to more entertaining things, uh, Jake. What is your favorite Lacroix? I got to go with Tangerine. I'm a Lacroix man myself. So I like the uh, the Pamplemousse, the uh, the pomegranate slash yes. whatever this is. If we don't yes. get a sponsorship out of this, I'm I'm going to be shocked. The the way that this LaCroix has taken over your life and the show this week, it's wild. Well, think about it, Marcus. Would you rather me be drinking uh, three Coca-Colas full sugar through the show or three LaCroix that are only sparkling water with natural essence flavors? You're selling it. You're selling it right now. <laughs> I'm just, uh, Intern Jack has had his first one today. I mean, yeah, I've had a lime flavor today. It's the first time I've ever had it. Um, not gonna lie, it tastes like a flat sprite. I'm not gonna lie, that's what it tastes like. But if lime, lime sucks, bad choice. If they're wow. listening, if Lacroix, if La there's La a reason I gave everybody the lime ones, it's because I wanted rid of them. <laughs> if Lacroix, as you take a sip of one, yeah, that's all that's left. <laughs> if Lacroix okay. is listening, this is the best drink I've ever had. Please sponsor us. There you go. <laughs> now, Good I, will, I will say, because I haven't had a soda in four years, Jake, try the Ahas. Their best flavor is the uh, blueberry pomegranate. And I'm going to be honest with you, the peach perrier is very good as well. I'm a big sparkling water guy. It not having you got to have that carbonation like four years since the soda, so I started supplementing those. And I, I'm a big fan. I mean, I, I'll drink no lie, especially being stuck home. 
I'll drink about ten a day. I mean, no joke, man. The uh, the strawberry Perrier is probably my favorite one out of all these. Yeah, that's good. And uh, there's actually one dr. If you go to Kroger, they actually make a Dr Pepper flavored seltzer. That's actually not really? bad. Oh yeah, it's not bad at all, man. Uh, now, uh, last question I'll get off here because I'm fish tailing down the road. Marcus, <laughs> what is your goat cereal? Because I, I guarantee you're not going to say what the actual goat is because they don't make it anymore, but I'm, I'm going to oh, test you. okay. Um, the goat cereal for me, I feel like you're not going to be happy with this answer. Or but, soup. <laughs> or soup, yeah. Uh, honestly, I, I usually go with uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. That's usually my go-to. Um, I'm trying to think what they don't make anymore that would be the real goat. What am I well, missing? CTC, that's definitely Mount Rushmore. The goat, though, to me, is the Rice Krispie Treat cereal. Do y'all remember that? Yes. Oh, Yeah. You remember yeah. when the Oreo O's actually had marshmallows in them and they were actually better than what you get on the shelf right now? Outstanding. Outstanding. That's probably why I was an overweight pre-diabetic kid and <laughs> discovered girls and got into the gym. But, uh, yeah, I, that, that's my goat. But I'll, I'll hop off here, guys. Hey, appreciate the phone call, buddy. Stay with us. The G.I. Jake Show marches on right here on Fan Run Radio. here on the gi jake show right here on fan run radio guys let me tell you one of the things that i had to do on sunday is i was sitting there i'm like oh my god i don't have i don't have a winter coat i was like i've got this mountain hardware jacket it's pretty warm but i need something a little heavier right so i was sitting here i was like well i'll I'll go over to sam's club i'll go to walmart i'll just go somewhere to get you know just a cheap winter coat guess what nobody had a cheap winter coat so, finally, made the decision to go out and drop the money on a Carhartt because everyone knows that a Carhartt jacket's going to last you for a little bit, right? You pay $100 for it, it's going to last you for a long, long time. That's one thing about that brand that I love. The only thing missing on it right now is a logo, which you can get over at SM Athletics. All you have to do is send an email to jake at smathletics.com, and we'll get you set up with your company logo or your team's logo on whatever you need. Always competitive pricing, top-notch customer service, and as always, a variety of products to choose from. Check them out online at smathletics.com. It is time to mark the tape with Marcus Young. Marcus, what you got for me? Hi, Jake. We've been talking for an hour and a half. I know. This is we nice. slid down the hill together. <laughs> Well, don't say it like that. That makes it sound like we were, you know. What, like two otters holding hands? Yeah, arm in arm going down <laughs> the hill. I don't know if I uh, if I want to go with that one. Um, yeah, mark the tape. I got a few things for you. Obviously, I want to point out from a past one, Bill Belichick is having his second interview with the Atlanta Falcons. Brett, you were the one fighting me the most on it. I just want to remind just you. Odd. Just odd. Heading in for a second. Just odd. Anybody wants that man. Interview. Uh, first hot take. Obviously, we haven't really talked about NBA yet, but mm. uh, the big trade with the Raptors and the Pacers. Did you guys see this happening? Uh, Pacers get. I'm, I'd never say his name right, so please. Siakam. Siakam. Thank you. Pascal Siakam. They will receive three first round picks and Bruce Brown. From the Pacers. So here's my hot take. I don't think it's going to happen this year. But the Indiana Pacers 
are going to start making noise in the NBA here soon. Obviously, they already are. You see what they have already in uh, their their absolute star. Uh, boy, Halliburton, Halliburton, Tyrese Halliburton. Couldn't and, find his name, but well, and the thing is, Mark is like he was the best player in the NBA last year that you just never heard of. No one talked about. Yeah. No, no one talked about him except for me because in one of my bets that I would always make, and it hit seventy five percent of the time last year. It felt like any time that he was on the floor. His odds to score 20-plus were always at plus 100 or minus 110. My God, that's easy money every single time he's on the floor. It He feels, though, like another Paul George for the Pacers. He really does. I don't think he's going to yeah. be able to get him. He's tall. He's well, not going to get him anywhere got past Pascal. Eastern Conference semis. kind of On his range. own, yeah, but with Pascal, it's going to be maybe, huge. So yeah. right now the Pacers are seventh, 23-17 and 17, uh, on a two-game losing streak at the moment. But adding Pascal in there, I think, is going to make a huge difference for the Pacers. Even if they continue on this path and make the playoffs this year, I think they'll still not be quite there. But next year, I think the Pacers are going to start making some noise in the NBA. I feel like the, the Thunder in the East a little bit. Yeah, and they're starting to build some talent there. I have a lot of faith in the Pacers moving forward. I think that was a great trade by them. Well, everyone's wanting to go play with Tyrese right now. Well, he's a fun player to play with. He I is. Think. I mean, James Harden's probably already life. making a call right now. Uh, keep Harden out. <laughs> keep Harden out of your locker room. We hey, see look here, happened. Marcus. I'm doing the thing where he's stirring up his soup. He's, he's stirring, stirring up, up his cereal. Yeah. He's yeah. been good with the Clippers, though. He's Stir well, up your soup. Hey, you just got your coach role. fired. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. Like, he might be playing well right now, but listen, it, the ball's going to drop at some point. He played well with the Nets before it failed for them too. So I just I don't want him in any anywhere near. If I'm a team, don't have him in my locker room. Um, <laughs> I, I, I I don't I don't like it. Here's a hot take for you too. The Chicago Bulls. Did you see they did this little uh, kind of remembrance thing for the Bulls '90s championship mm-hmm. teams, and they had uh, they had the late wife of uh, Jerry Krause there, and she yeah. was very sadly in tears as people were mm-hmm. booing her yeah, late terrible. husband. I think this is my hot take. I think this is the start of a new curse for the Bulls. I think their fans booing the way look, Jerry Krause had his moments at the end of that championship era. Don't get me wrong, but he is the reason that that cha- that team won any championships. He is a big part of what they did in Chicago. So I hot But he take, wanted to make it all about him. Hey, let's draft Michael Jordan. <laughs> I no, I agree, but like think about the players he brought in. It's like like the he, Belichick thing, really. He he made he made that team. He did. But he so, also, like, think about this. He almost stopped an NBA playoff record from happening. I because know. when Jordan scored his 63 at the Boston he Garden. He go play baseball. <laughs> well, well, think about this, man. When he went up to Boston, he scored those 63 points. Yeah. The game in the regular season in which they were supposed to lose, that way they could get a better draft pick, did not happen because the Bulls were like, no, we want to go to the playoffs. They go to the playoffs. Michael Jordan sets an NBA playoff record with 63 points, which still hasn't been touched to this day that record was set in 1986 he still got yeah and he still went out and got rodman and pippen and all uh, these he's guys the reason to, yeah he's the reason rodman. they got pippen charles oakley at the time before trading uh i think trading him away later obviously he brought in Ku coach respect he, for it. he brought in Ku coach Ku coach was huge well he was huge but awesome. think about this that also brought a lot of turmoil between Michael Jordan, Pippen. Scottie pippen yes and all them so this is the hot take like i said i, I mean, think he abused Scottie pippen dude Despite what you said, and I do agree that he did, he tried to make it about himself. However, they wouldn't have they wouldn't have done this without him. So, 
this is a new curse that's going to be placed upon the city the of Chicago. Chicago. No, just the Bulls. Just the Bulls. I think the Chicago Bulls are going to have to deal with a lot more turmoil for a lot longer because this is just a bad look. And I think the basketball gods, if you will, are going to say, you know what? No, no, no. You're going to lose all your talented players. Uh, you're not going to have any kind of opportunity to get back to where you once were. It's going to be a long time coming before you get Their back. Their roster really isn't that bad. It's really not. You got Zach Vucevic Levine. and DeRozan. I think Levine's going to be gone, too. Kobe That's White. another one I'm going to throw out for you. I think Zach Levine uh, will no longer be a Chicago uh, Bull. Yeah, trade deadline will be interesting. Yeah. Because the guy from the Hawks isn't being mentioned. Uh, Trey Young? Uh, no, DeJounte might get Oh. Traded. I know there have been some rumors about Trey. I don't. I. I, I don't think Trey is going anywhere. I think he's going to remain in Atlanta. Contract, yeah. um, I think he's. He should stay there. I think it'd be foolish of them to try to trade him. Uh, another hot take for you. Uh, I'm going to go in the NFL range since we got the weekend coming up. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I've talked a little bit about my thoughts on some of these teams. Uh, I'm going to stick with uh, specifically the Saturday games though for today. Baltimore and Houston. Right now, I was looking at the spread earlier because I am putting together a parlay for the playoffs. Baltimore at home. Uh, looks like Mark Andrews could be playing in that game. It's going to be a fun game to watch. Currently, the spread is 9.5 on FanDuel for the Baltimore Ravens. Mm. I think Baltimore wins this by two touchdowns. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I think agree. it's. I think it's. If you want to do an alternate spread, I, I wouldn't. I would advise it. I, I think the over under right now is forty three and a half. Um, I'd go over. I, I think Baltimore's going to run away with this one. I, I want close games. They played first game this season, I think. I believe so. Yeah, and, and I just. I think Baltimore's going to win this by two touchdowns at least. So nine and a half seems pretty reasonable to me. Mm-hmm. I'd almost throw an alternate spread at thirteen and a half because wow. I, I really think they're going to win it. But wow. big time. Mm. This might be the only blowout we see in the divisional round, in my eyes. Think so? I think so. I, I think we're going to have a lot closer games. I think Green Bay is going to give San oh, Fran a run for their money, but I think San Fran will still win it. Lions, Bucks, I think will still be a close game, but I think Lions are going to take that one. And then uh, uh, Bills, Chiefs will be a close game. That's going to be a fun game. But I really want the Bills to get it, man. I, I'm sticking with the Saturday game. I think we're going to see a blowout. I think Baltimore is going to take down Houston. And humble them a little bit and make CJ Stroud hungry for next year. Very well might. Very well might indeed. And you know what? I haven't opened my LaCroix that you gave me, so here we're gonna have a get it closer uh, to the mic. Because uh, I think this is the moment I have to give my hot take on how I feel about it. Yeah. Oh. Seems it, like he broke it. I broke it. Yeah. I have to punch my thumb into it now. That's great. All right, here we go. This is the lime one too. <laughs> the moment of truth. What does Marcus think? I think I'm a jack on this. It tastes like a flat Sprite. Buddy, you look like you just took a drink of your first beer. What did you want me to do? Chug it? No. All right, fine. I'm chugging it. Is that what you want, D- Buddy, Dad? D- no, do not do not do that. <laughs> okay, throw do, up or something? No, do not do that. Do not <laughs> chug that LaCroix. The burp that you will have. Oh. We'll have to shut this place down. You don't know my burps. Don't act like you. Like, I know LaCroix. Oh, you don't? I know LaCroix. <laughs> Yeah, hot take so far, Lacroix. Eh. Mm-mm-mm. Sorry to say it. I feel like most of my hot takes involve either sports or food at this point. I need to start expanding my hot takes. That's one thing that we know on this show. We know food. Hey, we know. Well, we know some sports. <laughs> we know some sports. We know food. <laughs> we know food here on the GI Jake Show. Ah. Uh, so you don't you don't like it? 
I th- I'm, I don't hate it, but it just feels like I left a Sprite open like earlier that day and I came back to it thinking it was going to taste the same and it just doesn't. Well, you get that, but you don't get all the sugar that you get with a Sprite. Yeah, no, that's true. That's all it is, Mark. It's maybe sparkling need, water and natural essence. Maybe I need to try the other flavor. Well, I would offer you some, but I kind of drank no, it all. No, I know. It says it's innocent on the can. That's kind of weird. You yes. notice that it says innocent. Because you can feel good about drinking it and not have to worry about all the sugar, all the carbs, all the calories. Huh. Yeah, look at that. Look at those nutrition facts, Marcus. Yeah, there's a lot of good ones. All zeros. All zeros on that can. Brett's a big proponent of the sparkling water. Yes. Yes, so we have two normal people on this show. We will we will convert Jack. We will introduce him to the normal way of life eventually. And Marcus is back there having a conversation. Why is his head tucked beneath? No, talking to Bear. Well, here's something for Bear. Guess what? No, Bear does not tell me to shut up on my show. He's got three hours to ride Russell's coattails, and then he can have his moment on radio. We'll talk to him after a while. Three hours isn't enough, Brett. No. Three hours isn't enough. Never is. I mean, two hours is good for me. What did you make of the orange out, by the way? You never gave your opinion on it. You know, if it's an orange out, okay. I like that. All orange looks good. It's a good color of orange. Now, the only thing with it is, you know, Jack, back in the day, back when we had Adidas, which probably made the better apparel, if we're being completely honest, Adidas probably made the better apparel. But when Adidas had the Tennessee orange, it was so dynamic in the sense that it was a different shade of orange every year. So – up to like 2010 when we first started getting the uh i forgot exactly what they called them but it was like a tech fit jersey still the same one you see today but it's like that spandex material that gives you no grab points on the jersey you know it was off in some years and it was spot on in a couple 2011 they rolled it out and it was almost yellow like it was gold like it wasn't even tennessee orange it was gold 2007 it was kind of the same way but it was one of those deals where do you want it to be Tennessee orange or do you want it to look Tennessee orange? Because if it is Tennessee orange, once you get it under light or out into the sun, it looks yellow. If you want it to look Tennessee orange, you know, when there's no light or not a lot of light, it kind of looked like a Texas orange in a sense. But once you got it in the light or underneath the lights of Thompson Bowling, it looked Tennessee orange. 2012, I think everyone in here would agree in 2012 – between the color and the way it reacted in both light and the dark, 2012 Adidas finally got it right. Yeah. Because that, that was our best uniforms. You had the bigger numbers. You had the right shade of orange. It all just looked good. I don't like the numbers we have now, for sure. Oh, the numbers we have now look stupid. We need to go back to the old school. I I, I, I want to go back to Adidas. I still want to go to the well, – I don't think that's ever going to happen, but I, I still want or to – Give me Jordan brand or something. At least give me some elite Nike company on like the slop they give us. I – Maybe I'm just way too old school. I prefer like the classic kind of looking numbers. Like I don't like yeah, the I'm tit- the same way. I don't like the Titans numbers. I think those look weird. I didn't like when the Bucks did the analog numbers. I'm glad they went back. Um, I-, I would very much like to see the Vols go back to the numbers they had before. And and I think I've talked with you about this before yeah. we did the show. I'd love for us to go back to what we see in the practice uniforms for the away jerseys. With those, those look better. With the black trim around the numbers. Like, yes. I think that looks fantastic. It's and very rare that the practice jerseys look better than the game jerseys. But right now, I feel like our practice jerseys, honest to God, look better 
than what our game jerseys look like. I think those would look great, and I think I, I you know the funny thing too, and I don't know if this is true or not, since we're talking about different kind of uniforms and things. I talked to a, a guy at, at my work because you know he had the classic UT that kind of like emblem, the, that the interlocking over. logo. Yeah. Yes. Apparently, even though we were first with it. I think like we didn't put like the patent down on it, and Texas is like Texas is able to use it. Yeah, Texas says it's like theirs. So well, you know that was the logo at the fifty yard line before we got the power team. I think we should bring that back onto the and into the midfield. Honestly, at least maybe do it for the first Tennessee Texans game in Neyland. That'd be kind of fun. That would be, that would be fun. That would definitely be fun. Brett, are you a bigger proponent of the newer numbers or the older numbers? Older numbers, Jack. Yeah, I understand what you all are saying. The older numbers definitely just look better. It makes you look like an elite football program. It makes you look like a football team. And thing is, like, when you're the University of Tennessee, you're Georgia, you're Florida, Alabama, Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, we'll even throw USC and Texas into this mix. You don't have to get crazy with your uniforms. Your brand speaks for itself. Give me back my old numbers. Stay with us. Final segment of the program coming up right here on Fan Run Radio. Final segment of the program. It's the oh. G.I. Jake show on Fan Run Radio. It feels so good to be in the studio again. Oh, it does. We were, You know what? We've broken ground, and I think it wouldn't shock me if the rest of the shows were like, you know what? Those brave men made it to the studio fighting I wouldn't the want weather. to walk down there at 7, though. Like no, oh, seven no. Yeah. Yeah. no, yeah, absolutely actually, not. Yeah, that's probably yeah. The morning show might be in a little bit of trouble, but everyone else, they'll see these brave men fighting through their snow trenches and all that. They'll learn from us. Absolutely. Let's get Polish Joe in here. Be our final caller, Polish Joe. What's up, buddy? Rose, keep throwing them. Throw them at connect. Yeah, throw them at connect. <laughs> <laughs> That's where they should be thrown. Yes. Guys, how long are we going how long is it going to be until Barnes starts or Bruins starts feuding with Connect? <laughs> 2 three, 2 or 3 weeks. Paul, I don't think as long as he's producing the way he is, I don't think there's going to be any feud whatsoever. You can see it in his face, Jake, that when he's going going on and on when Connect's going off, he just, just had 39 points. You can just see it that it's ripping Bruins up that he's not getting the credit for his team well, defense. Well, I don't know oh, because God. I don't know if you saw in the press con- or not the press conference in the uh, locker room afterwards. There was a clip shown of Rick Barnes congratulating him on the eight rebounds. Yeah. So I, I yeah. don't know. I think he's pretty happy with his his uh, stats right now. Hey guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little switcheroo on you. Okay. Ooh. Mm. I'm gonna turn this call and do a little switcheroo. Okay. Why is Tim Banks and Willie Martinez still here? <laughs> all right, all right. They're snowed in. I'd like to put. Yeah, they're stuck. They're stuck in the weather. I'm going to say this, and I'm probably going to get some. We fun. have. Hold on. Okay. Hold on. All right, go ahead. We have five stars from Bama that would start for us tomorrow, and we have an opportunity uh-huh. to kill Bama today. <laughs> 
And they're going to Iowa. They're going to Notre Dame. They're open all these recruiters, recruitments to all these other schools. We should be killing them. Uh-huh. I think we are. We're going to kill them. Can I, I just like to point out, if I may, I am all aboard the decision to move on from Willie Martinez. I'm, I'm here for that. But I'm trying to find the stats, and I'm struggling to find the right site that's going to give me the numbers I'm looking for because I want rankings. Our defense has improved each season under Tim Banks. Calm down, Shepard. <laughs> Shepard? Listen here, you little... Listen here, you little baby lamb. We need Whoa! to come to win. You forget I control your mic right win. now. Don't make me bury you. I bared him. You bared him. Wow. I bared him. You're off, Polish Joe. You little lamb. Call me. Call me. Marcus. No, you didn't have to. I'm pulling a bear. No. Call me a little lamb. That's not. <laughs> Is he still on? Yeah, fine. Get him on. I want to talk to Polish Joe still. Poli, you still there? This is our time to win, man. We can't go. We can't. We have to start beating Amish Billy and Shane Beamer. We can't let Shane Beamer put 60 on us. Did he just call Billy Napier Amish Billy? Yes. And Eli Drinkowitz. The days to losing these idiots better be over, Jughead. (laughs) Jughead. There it is. Get, get Martinez and Tim Banks out of here and let's start winning football games. Well, you know, I thought it would be a great fit for Tim Banks and Willie Martinez. I think Tim Banks would have been a great head coach at Middle Tennessee State University. I think that Willie Martinez would have been a great defensive coordinator under him. I thought that would have been a great plan. Jake, we got Nico for two years, man. He needs a defense. He's going to have a defense. And the thing is, Polly, he's going to be able to elude the pocket. He's going to be able to elude defense. Score some points. He's going to be able to score some points. And as long as we score more than the other team, then we're all good. Jake, you don't think that five-star tackle that started all year at Alabama, freshman, he could help us? I thought we were talking about defense. What what about the guy from LSU we're going to get? Would you rather have Proctor or the kid from LSU? I mean, I'll take both of them. (laughs) Of course. At least. Come on, man. What are we doing? I mean, we have to – we should be robbing Alabama right now. Everyone else is, and we haven't got one player. Don't worry. We're going to. Don't worry. We got that tight end from Bama. I just like to point out, if I may, total defense, according to the NCAA website, (laughs) Tennessee's ranked 32nd, Polish Joe. 32nd. Oh, my God. I'm I'm so happy you're not Danny White because you would have gave Bruins another five-year deal for beating Florida and Georgia. (laughs) (laughs) I'm with you on moving on from Martinez. Our pass defense isn't good. I'm with you on that. We're talking about defense. Why did he jump the offensive line? Because he's he's insane. He's insane. We know that. He can't possibly be mad at Barnes right now. Oh, he is. He's always mad at somebody. Does he ever wake up on I'm a, not have saying a good day? I'm not saying that Tim Banks is the guy, but let's be honest about something here. With the type of offense we run, are you going to be able to tell me that you can convince a top level like a Dan Lanning type of top level defensive minded coach? Landanning. Yes, thank you. Yeah. 
for for a minute, I thought I said that. I was like, wait a minute. Are you going to be able to convince a guy like that to say, hey, come and deal with the fact that your guys are going to be on the field a majority of the time? Like, you're not going to be able to do that. Most of those guys are going to see that as hurting their stats and hurting their ability to get better. I'm not saying that there's not a better guy out there than Tim Banks. You probably can get him, sure. But right now, Tim Banks progressively has gotten better each year. Our defense has been better. We had the 19th or 20th ranked rush defense in the nation. Well, that's all credit to our defensive Rodney line, Rodney Garner. Garner. I completely agree. Yeah. I completely agree. But, like, Tim Banks is a part of that. He is not, like, he is not just, hey, you guys take over. Like, he is involved. Do I think we need a better secondary coach? Yes. Do we need to move on from William Martinez? Yes. Please. But to say Tim Banks needs to go on and get, if he goes and gets a job as a head coach somewhere, I will I will be gladly let him go and do that. But well, I don't know how many guys you're going to get that's going to be better that's willing to deal with how our offense is run. Well, think about thing. this. You know, in 2016, we had one of the best offenses in the country. Am I right? Yeah. I mean, we put up a lot of points that year. And we fired our offensive coordinator after the season, Mike DeBoard. Mm-hmm. That was stupid. Hmm. That was absolutely stupid to do. But that's what you have with Butch Jones. Stupidity. Someone who's so insecure, self-centered. And Heupel doesn't fire his guys. Heupel has yet to fire anybody. No. His entire head coaching career. And it was partly his offense's fault to blame to – you're going to look at them. It was I mean, Hosley's fault. I mean, yeah, well, that's why we keep we bringing up the first fact. downs. We're going three and out, turning the ball over. I yeah, mean, there was a lot. There was a lot to go into. I mean, Banks did what he could. I mean, we just we never opened up the playbook this year. People can say whatever they want. Oh, we opened up the playbook here. See, we opened it up here. Okay, that's one of the seventy plays that we ran this game in which we decided to open up the playbook. Every other play was a run, which our running game was fantastic this past year, but every pass that we threw was inside of 10 yards and always between the numbers and the sideline. Very rarely would we throw the ball across the field. What do you got, Jack? Yeah, I think if you just look at that A&M game from the middle of the year, we won 2013. Like, our defense was the reason we won that game, mm-hmm. and there are multiple games like that where our defense was stepped up. That Missouri game, I'm not blaming the defense for that. We put up seven points. Like, the offense just has to be better in that. We got lucky to put up those seven points. Exactly. So I yeah. think, Lost a receiver in the process. I think, like Marcus said, like, yeah, our defense has gotten better each and every year, and I think we should stick with them. It, it's not – like I said, there are definitely better defense coaches out there. I completely agree. But at the same time, I just think you have to think about it, the perspective of what great-minded defensive coach is going to be willing to deal with an offense that's going to keep his unit out there a lot longer and it could make him look like he's not as good as he is. Uh, so that's the that's the big thing. And look, I'd like to see what this defense does in this, this next season. If this mm-hmm. defense continues to prove with James Pierce – on the edge, if we figure out what our secondary is going to look like, because it's going to be a lot of new faces there, uh, unless you bring in some of those freshmen who will now be sophomores. Um, and it's gonna, and you got Keenan Peely, who's going to be back, which I think is going to be huge for us. Yes. And our D-line, our D-line is, I miss Martin. is always going to be stout. I don't know if Martin ever calls this early in the morning, but hopefully he will. We don't know about the whereabouts of Martin. Oh, Lord. But yeah, I, I think yes. I think it's just <laughs> important to say that. Russell, uh, I need you to tell me about that running back from South Doyle, Sean Gary. Russell, I need to know about that player, my Celtics got. He played for the Lakers, and he took a pay cut to come here. 
Uh, let's go to Jake. He's the NBA guy. Uh, Martin, that's Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder? I miss Martin. Oh, man. Yes. And that's going to do it for another edition of the G.I. Jake Show. Thank you, Marcus. Thank you, Martin. Thank you, Jack. No problem, man. I appreciate it, Brett. You're welcome, Martin. All right, bye.